0: Amen, amen. Well, I'm so grateful I, uh, that you are here in person, and as well as for those of you who are joining us online, if you're here for the very first time, welcome. I am Ricky Oyala, the senior pastor of our church. And so one of the things that uh, we, I'm excited about is we continue on with a sermon series that is titled, In God We Trust. Now we began last week when I mentioned uh, the referencing Mark 8, where the disciples had gone to the mountains and with uh, Jesus and the crowd had gathered and after uh, three days uh, they were hungry and Jesus didn't want to send them out, you know, because he was fearful that they'll faint because some of them uh, had traveled the distance to get there. And so Jesus blessed them, uh, blessed the, the, the bread and some fish and gave it to the disciples to share with others and there were baskets left over. And it was so important for us to understand that in the midst of the times that we're living, especially this past several months, is to not forget the blessings that God has put in, upon our lives because we take our focus off of him. We take our focus out of the, the, the blessings and we focus it on our circumstances and situations that uh, we see or experience personally. Today, I want to continue on with, again, with that message of Mark 8 that I was sharing with you before, but I'm going to touch base in a different manner. We're going to go into verses 11 to 13, and then go to 15. But before I do that, the critical question being addressed in this current sermon series uh, is this. In the most uh, important areas of our lives, uh, where do we put our trust? We know what the answer should be, uh, but when we are faced with the overwhelming challenges or circumstances that we cannot control, who or what do we trust? So again, this is what going in, uh, the the miraculous uh, blessings of the bread and some fish, and we find ourselves in the book of Mark Chapter 8, I'm going to be reading from verses 11 through 13, and then dropping down just a, a few more verses for verse 15. All right. So I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, and the Bible says this. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, they came and started to argue with him. Testing him, they demanded that he show them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Now when he heard this, he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them, and he crossed to the other side of the lake. Now go to verse 15. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them. And now this is for the disciples that he was in the boat with them. He said, watch out. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Let me just pause for a word of prayer. And God, in this time of our service, we just come to a moment that we receive your word. And we pray, God, the time that we have spent in preparation for the message will be a a blessing to the people's lives as they hear it. But not only hear it, God, how can they start applying it and remembering the trust in you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we see here that the, Jesus had just finished with the disciples and they were, had just finished feeding all those people and they go and they land and in the midst of landing in another side here the Pharisees are addressing Jesus. Not addressing it, the Bible's saying is that they started arguing with him. Remember, these are the Pharisees. These are the ones that are supposed to prepare the people uh, towards God, towards Jesus, towards uh, understanding of the relationship that we need to bring on ourselves with God. And so here they are, they're arguing with Jesus, and then the Bible's saying that they're they're testing him. They want a miraculous sign. I don't know about you, but we as a small community here in Gilbertsville, if something happens, news spreads out. And unfortunately, sometimes the negative stuff is really spread out quickly. But can you imagine a, a miraculous a feeding of 4,000 people that the Pharisees and others may not have heard about? Come on now. They, I, I, I don't know about you, but I have a feeling the word spread out quickly of the, the everyone that was being fed and the leftovers and that God through Jesus was able to deliver a message that they got spiritually fed and they got physically fed. So I'm sure that the message should have been brought out and then be heard by those Pharisees. But we see here that as the boat landed, as, the Jesus, as they saw Jesus arriving, they started arguing with him. They started testing him, asking for a miraculous sign. And then Jesus tells them, to the disciples he said you know what i'm not going to deal with this you know he sighed deeply in his spirit that i, I tell you the truth and that i am not going to show this generation such sign and we're going to get into that in a moment here where is a heart where is a heart hardened is a heart's set that whatever happens in our lives whatever kind of blessings that we are just already set stone in our lives of the way that we're going to approach the way god's blessings is in our lives Sometimes we are too quick to go into and and talk negative about the Pharisees and others, but sometimes, you know, we have to be able to evaluate ourselves. Jesus here, when he said about, you know, be careful and watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod, Jesus was referring to the gradual increase of unbelief in the Pharisees. These are the Pharisees that the people were supposed to go to. And then it's almost like saying, hey, do uh, as I say, not as I do. They asked for a sign, yet their minds were already set on Jesus. And not just necessarily on Jesus, but against him. So Jesus warned the disciples of the corrupting nature of that unbelief of the Pharisees. Unless people recognize that God is present that God is speaking and acting in Jesus, no form of testimony will persuade them to follow Jesus. Refusing to believe would have a corrosive effect on our souls. We have already seen that Jesus taught that unbelief leads to more unbelief. And more unbelief leads to God taking away what light was given and rejected. And it is a slippery and dangerous and slippery slope. Jesus said, watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. In other words, watch out for what the Pharisees representing the religious leaders or religious institutions. He said, watch out for the yeast of Herod representing the politicians and the things that they offer us. Political and religious leaders tended to want to rule over people instead of serving the people. Power, the power Wanting that power often becomes an end in itself. Power seduces people to the point of keeping it and becomes the most important and first priority in their lives. More important than than God and more important than serving the people that we're supposed to uh, help out in times of need. With all that's going on in this world, and especially and these past several months, I'm not just talking about the COVID. It's likely that we have all had a conversation with God and probably sounded something like this. Not verbatim, but you know, you have your own conversations with God. And I pray that you have been through prayer and just regular conversation. God, we see so many changes in our lives. We hear of people dying or getting sick. We don't freely shake hands or give hugs or kisses like we used to. We are told to keep social or physical distance. Our leaders in government seem that they are always arguing, and it feels like the ones that are negatively impacted by their decisions are the people they're supposed to serve in the first place. So God... As Americans, we have the right to vote. The results may not always come to what we hoped, but we do our part. This year, it felt like no matter who was going to be voted as president, there would be social unrest. We saw it when social injustices were plastered all over the news. We saw it when what was supposed to be peaceful protests became and turned out to be riots or looting. God, it wasn't just one time. It felt like every time something happened, people went out to the streets. And how is it, God, that people died when protests were supposed to be peaceful? We witnessed discord within the people of our communities, within our churches, within our workplaces, within our families, as the people argue things over Black Lives Matter, or Blue Lives Matter, or All Lives Matter. People losing respect for each other and arguing about who would be better president for the next four years. And the list can go on and on and on. And then just this past Wednesday, we see and hear about what took place in the Capitol. And we hear about the five lives that perished. God, with so much going on, It's hard to trust that everything is going to be all right. Can you tell us what you are doing? Again, maybe that conversation with God, you know, that you've had yourselves have definitely been different. But I know as people who are hurting, you kind of ask those questions because you see what's happening and how are we supposed to respond. As part of going into the social media and seeing, again, the nastiness that goes on uh, within people, the arguments going back and forth, but I also saw something like more of a, of, a, of a glimpse of hope, and it was by a version of a clip by the late Billy Graham, When he shared in front of a crowd, you know, as as you remember Billy Graham, the stadiums that were packed, and and he mentioned these words. He said, "If God told us today what He is doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it." Don't you think God's given up or God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He is still on the throne and those of us that know him and put our trust in him and him alone i don't put my trust in washington i don't put my trust in united nations i don't put my trust in myself i don't put my trust in my money but i put my trust in the lord jesus christ amen Amen. When all else, uh, when when all of the rest, it fails and crumbles and shatters, He'll be there. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, my point is not to talk about candidates. My point is not to talk about any particular party. My point is not to talk about the results of the election. My point is that we as Christians, as followers of Christ, as sons and daughters of the almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, sometimes lose our focus and take away our trust in God and place it on man. We need to be practical in seeking economic security, health care, and good government, but we cannot put our faith and trust in them. We can be able to pray and make sure that we are vigilant and making sure that we are not receiving the most negative things because of the decisions that people make. Why do I say that? Because all, you know, all of them that I just shared, because all can and most at some time will fail us our faith must rely on the only one we can ultimately trust god himself He will not fail us. His love endures forever. When we put our faith in anything before your faith in God, it is a demonstration of the lack of trust in God, a warning that the first traces of the yeast of unbelief is creeping into your life. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, it says this, The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. Ladies and gentlemen, when we are focused too much on the material things of this world, we too quickly ignore and forget the spiritual and the miraculous signs and the blessings that God has poured upon our lives. We may be like the Pharisees and ask God to show us a sign when in reality God is showing us signs and blessings each day, but we fail to even acknowledge them and give him thanks. In response to what we saw this past Wednesday at the Capitol, we posted something on our church's Facebook page. And in case you missed it or don't have a Facebook account, here's what most of, you know, here's most of what was shared. Our news feed is full of anger, hate, and division, leading us to feel sadness, fear, and frustration. Let's remember that we are called to serve a wonderful and loving God, not a person, party, or agenda. Let's not lose focus on being the hands and feet of Jesus in a hurting world. Let's come together as Christians to serve and love our neighbors, to be kind and careful with the words and pray continuously for our country and leaders. If we have not seen or been aware of the hurt that this world is going through, then we have allowed the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod to infiltrate our lives, which most likely caused us to lose our faith, our hope, and our trust in God. Unlike the Pharisees, we see we may be open to hearing and obeying, but we cannot fall prey to the insidious lure of unbelief and to the seduction of putting our faith and trust in people and things that promise much but demand more or give little in return. Scripture based on Matthew chapter 16, verse 26 has this, And what? Do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Instead of putting your trust and faith in people with earthly power, your trust and faith should be in God as you follow Jesus. Jesus provided, proved that he could provide for people more effectively than any government or any religious institution can do for us. When it comes to economic security, Jesus is the answer. Twice he fed thousands with a few loaves of bread and some fish. Jesus solved the hunger problem in the history of humankind. No government has been able to do that. When it comes to health care, Jesus is the answer. The crowd scoured the countryside with sick people so that Jesus could heal them. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed the deaf and speechless. In the history of humankind, no government could provide that. When it comes to legislation, Jesus is the answer. The Pharisees and the Herodians had gathered a, a common sense regulations into traditions that could not be changed. Rules for taking care of people in the old age had been nullified. Jesus declared that the law was for the welfare of the people, not for the subjugation of the people. Jesus was reminding his disciples that when they trusted in him they would experience blessings. We cannot ignore material things but we must not put our faith and trust in them. Economic security, physical well-being, and political and, and, and spiritual leaders, all these deserve our attention and our interest, but not our faith and trust. As I took time to pray after what took place on Wednesday in Washington, DC, what came to mind was a scripture found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, If my people who are called By my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. But we gotta humble ourselves. There are key words in that passage, and that's what came to mind as I was praying to humble ourselves to seek God's face to turn away from our wicked ways repent that he will hear us and will forgive us and he will heal us we need healing in the midst of a hurting world And if, ladies and gentlemen, if the body of Christ, as sons and daughters of the Almighty God, if we are not the ones that's showing the hands and feet of Jesus in a hurting world, bringing that light into the darkness, then who else are we relying on? Jesus is the only one we can trust. Who will never fail us? Believing in Him allows us the opportunity to refocus our priorities so that we can once again and confidently say, In God we trust. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by this message as i prepared i was telling some people even at last night i was gearing up for okay god anything else you know as in prayer and it's about maybe eleven ish last night I could hardly sleep because i want to make sure that god have I taken my trust out of you? Have I put my trust in others, you know? And I love, you know, the, uh, working uh, here as a church, as a staff. I'm talking about with everything else that's surrounding us, with all the circumstances and all the challenges, have I taken my eyes off of you? So I needed to evaluate myself even more, making sure that what I'm saying to you, I'm not like the Pharisees are saying, hey, say what I, uh, do what I say and not as I do. I want to make sure that what I'm saying to you, I'm also applying it to my life. We need to be the church out there, ladies and gentlemen. There are, and the church is to love and care for each other, to share kind words instead of divisive words. And in the realm of the political realm that takes place, you know, one side versus another, there is hurting out there and not just within the church i mean it's sad when it happens within any church beyond the denominational lines but it's also sad when as christians we put things out there and we say things that it's also being heard by the people in the community and in the community questions are they really really followers of christ i mean these are uh, uh, hard uh, uh, questions or reflections Uh, are we doing harm instead of good God, I want to trust back in you because I have taken my eyes off because of all the things that are happening. Let me just turn off the news. Let me just turn off what's happening. God, what do you want me to do? I trust you, God i'll continue to pray for my leaders i'll continue to pray for the presidents. i'll continue to pray for the military i'll continue to pray for the local you know uh uh, people and, and leaders in our communities i'll continue to pray for the pastors i'll continue to pray for the churches god i want to trust and keep on trusting in you because when everything or everyone fails us god you will not and god we trust let us pray Almighty God, help us not to be seduced by any worldly power. Remind us that you and you alone deserve our faith and trust, that your power never ends, your love never fails, your mercies are renewed every morning. Amen. Amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what I'd love for you to do after hearing today's message, again, not only hearing the word, but how can you apply it? I would ask that you evaluate your life. To sit down this week and write down what or who you have trusted. Ask God for forgiveness and ask that he help you to stay focused and rebuild your trust in him. Why is that important? Because he is our living hope.